you want more time, money, freedom, and have a business that's not reliant on you, then you're in the right place. Each week, Mark Creedon, along with some of the very best business minds in the world, will take you through simple, practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted. From his own practical experience, Mark will show you how to work less, make more, and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now here's your host, one of Australia's most sought-after business coaches, Mark Creedon. Hi, welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. I'm Mark Creedon, your host. If you are looking to hire somebody new in your business or you're thinking that, you know, maybe somebody's leaving or maybe you need to grow and expand, then you are in the right place because to- joining me in the podcast studio today is Dion Ha from Talent United and Dion's going to be talking about that point. So you're in the right place. Let's get that underway right now. Dion, thanks for joining us, mate. Hello. Now, Dion, let's talk about the mistakes that people make when it comes to recruiting somebody. You've worked with a number of our mastermind clients. Yep. And you're present, presently a member of mastermind. In fact, we are recording this at a mastermind intensive here on the Gold Coast. And what a day we've had. I know. So three times a year, we get all of our mastermind members together. We get them together on the Gold Coast. They come in from all over the country and, and from New Zealand, and we just get a couple of days solid working on their business. And I thought, what a great opportunity to bring the podcast studio along and yeah, it's, it's fantastic. grab some clever cats and see if they could have a chat to Kill us. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, and I these days are, I was just saying to someone before, these are the, the intensive days are the best days of the year that we spend working on our business. Yeah. Because it, we, we, you know, we take the time out. Yep. There's so many brains in the room, which is amazing. So many people we get to talk to and get steel, you know, get given ideas from, from different perspectives, yeah. different types of businesses, obviously yourself and the other speakers. So, yeah. That, that's, the thing awesome I love, uh, that's the thing I love about it, Dion, is that, is that everybody here is, is already successful but really willing to share. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Let's talk about mistakes people make. What do you reckon it would be the number one or at least the first one that comes to mind for you for people making mistakes when it comes to recruiting? Oh, uh, I don't know if it's the biggest but probably the first in the process yep. is, is failing to get clear on who it is that they want. Right, and I think what a lot of businesses the the trap that they fall into is they they say okay Sue's leaving yep. what do we need oh god and it's all panic stations and everyone's very strict oh well, we need another one we need another Sue we need someone else just like that yep. and quite often that is the ideal time to look at both the job and everything that the job encompasses and the person who does it and yep. say is the right thing for us to do to just push forward with the status quo or is it a time for us to maybe rejig the role around, bit of a reshuffle, yep. put some responsibilities in, take some responsibilities out? Maybe we need a different type of person. Maybe they were great for the role as it was five years ago, but now it's a very different role. We need yeah. someone more like this, less like this. So yep. I think going through a really a process of getting really clear on, okay, who is it we want to go to market to find? Because it's not going to be easy. Yep. You know, It doesn't matter who you're looking for at the moment. It's not easy. So get it right the first time. You know, get a really clear picture of who it is that you're going out to try and get. I guess, I guess, mate, it, it kind of makes sense though. If somebody's been in a role for, particularly for a period of time, and and suddenly they leave, as the business owner, it's kind of easy to fall into the trap of 
you know, like, holy crap, I, I just need someone to do that job yeah. or I'm going to end up back in the trenches doing it. And so the concept of replacing like for like would be really yeah. would be really easy. I think it's really easy for that to just be their default reaction. Yeah. Is that, you know, the path of least resistance, if you yep. like. Yep. Let's get things back to how they were because we were comfortable then. Maybe yes. it wasn't ideal, but we were comfortable then. Yes. Let's get comfortable again. And, you know, maybe it's time for a little discomfort. I, I remember reading this story I don't know if it's true or not, but I remember reading this story some time ago about the band Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah. And so they had a number of lead singers and and so they kept replacing like for like and it didn't work. Yeah. And then one day they said to him, you know, we really need a guy who sounds like this bloke. Yeah. And then they went and actually hired that bloke. The, that guy. To be yeah, the lead okay. singer. But, I mean, it is one of those things. In, in Mastermind we talk about the concept of evolution and revolution, right? Businesses evolve over time. Yep. And sometimes they don't evolve to, according to a plan. They just evolve to meet a need. And so if you can get to the point where you ask yourself this question, if I close the door tomorrow and open it the next day, what would I do? Yeah. Who would I re-employ? Yep. Who would I work with? What service or product would I continue to offer? And I, I think that's a that's a great way of thinking about recruitment as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think it's a – I think as as a, a business owner or a, or a hirer, it's a re, it can be a relatively stress free time to do it yep. because it is easier to change a role when it's vacant. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, put, yeah. Put, as I say, put some more bits in, take some bits out. Yeah. You know, if you decide you want a different type of person, well, that's obviously the ideal time to make that change. Yep. Is when the role's vacant, you refill it with who it is you need. So it's yep. I, I think it is very easy. It's very easy to understand why someone goes to that, but it's yep. definitely not always the best, you know, the best way to approach it. Probably in a similar vein, mate, and I imagine you've seen this because I know I certainly have, not only do do people sometimes just employ someone like, just like the person that's that they're replacing, but often they try and employ someone who's just like them. Oh, yeah. It's even worse. Yeah. I think it's even worse yeah. sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Because I've certainly, you know, you know, worked with clients in the past and they've gone, okay, why, did, why did you hire that person? I really liked them. Yeah. They remind them. They reminded me of a younger of a me. Young me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. You don't need another you in the business. Yeah. That's not what but you need. Probably need one less you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that. it's about understanding. I mean, I always think that I, I try and hire people smarter than me, which is really it's a pretty low bar, so it's not that hard. But hire people who are smarter. But hire people whose strengths are my weaknesses. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no point everybody being good at the same thing. No. No. Hundred percent. Okay, so they they hire the same. They don't stop and look at it. What, yeah, so, what, so what I guess the, the mistake they're making is that they they don't stop and take a yep. good, clear look at what it is that they had yep. and what do they need moving forward. Yep. So they just go, well, well, we'll get another one of the same. So I think really take that time to to look at what you, what you need done in the job yep. and then extrapolate that out to, okay, well, who, who's the best person to do that? Yep. You know, yep. a, role, a role might have... I don't know, it could be an accountant and the, the the shape of your business has changed in such that you need someone to do a lot more client contact. Yeah. So you're yep. not going to replace someone. You're not going to replace a really introverted person that you had who was, you know, devastated at the thought of dealing with clients with yep. someone who's just the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to hire a different type of person. So you've got to get really clear in that because, you know, as I say, it's, it's hard finding someone for the right role. So you want to go out to market looking for exactly who you should be looking for. That is also the role of a good recruiter though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's the difference between a recruiter and an auto taker. A hundred percent. Yeah, because I know that. I mean, you guys are hiring somebody for us at the moment at, at a C-suite level. We probably spent more time with your business partner Gary talking about what we were looking for 
than we have actually interviewing candidates. Yeah. Because he was just so thorough about getting out of me what it was that I was looking for. Yeah. As opposed to I know in the past we've sort of contacted a recruitment company and they've gone, yeah, what do you need? Oh, we need this. Okay, great. Just send us the details of – send us a, a, a job description. Yeah. And how much money you're prepared to pay and we'll find you someone. Yeah. It's it's like we, we tell clients sometimes when we're recruiting for them, the reason that we interview candidates is not because we want more people to talk to. It's because we want to pull out as much information as we can to give you that's not in the resume. Yeah. And it's exactly the same when you're taking a brief from a client. We want to know everything that's not in the job description because it is – by its very nature, it's a very mechanical document about this is what needs to be done yep. and this is how it gets done. Yeah. There's yep. no other stuff in there that tells us about the person, what they might be like as a person, yep. their drivers, their motivators, who's going to fit, who's not. Like all that stuff is super important. Yeah. And when you just get a job description, it's like, well, I can well, – what am I going to do with this? Like it's, it's important but it's a quarter of the – it's a quarter of the process. I guess also like when you're looking at candidates, one aspect is their, is their technical skills. But the other aspect is because when I employ, I'm trying to employ for as much longevity as I possibly can. So technical skills is one thing, but what they're really looking for in a position. And so if you don't know what I can offer, yep. it, you can't match those two up, can you? Hundred percent. You've got to know. You've got to know a, a, a reasonable amount of information on both sides yeah. to, to make a match. And that's you know that's a reason we'll we're, when we're interviewing candidates, we'll ask them first, what are you looking for before we tell them what you've told us you're going to offer. Because right. we say, well, the business is like this, and they're exactly like this, and that. so what are you looking for? They go, oh yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm looking for. Exactly that. What a coincidence. <laughs> so isn't that yeah, funny? You know, I always say there's no such thing as too much information. Yeah, and that. That is true on both sides of the equation. Yeah. You know, we want to know about the role, we want about what you need done, but we want to know, you know, who's the right type of person, who's going to fit in, who's going to gel, what's going to, you know, what kind of person is going to push the wrong buttons. and Yeah. And then obviously, you know, we're matching that up on the other side with what they're looking for and what they can bring to the table and their weaknesses as well because everybody brings those to a role. So, yep. you know, if someone's got a weakness that's a real critical part of your role. Yeah. Well, that's not a great fit. If it's something you can work around over time because it's a tiny part of the job right now and you can, you know, you can upskill them over time, much less of a problem. Yeah, it, it's interesting, mate, because having, you know, dealing with you guys on this particular on this particular hire that, that we're working on now, I was interested in the technical skills, obviously, because it is a very technical role, but I was as much interested in the personality of the person and, and, you know, what their five-year plan was and what they were really hoping to get out of the role and, well, you know, all of those sort of what I would call soft side of it. Yeah. And, and I think it was great because I know that Gary actually went, went through that process to find, out, to find out what those soft sides were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you've forearmed is forewarned. Yeah, so the yeah. more we know, and this goes for any recruiter, the more, the more you know, the better job you'll do. Yeah. It's that simple. So do you find that people ever undermine the ability for you guys to do your job by not giving you enough information? Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a – again, I think there's probably – there's two parts to that. I think sometimes people look at using an agency and obviously yep. there's a cost to it. Not everyone wants to pay that. So they're like, you know, it's sort of the necessary evil. Yep. So they don't want to give us too much information or maybe yep. there's bad parts of the role they don't want to share or whatever. Yeah. So I think that that stops people giving us the whole, the whole side of it. And then yep. equally – I think they also undermine it when they don't take into account all the other information that we give you other yeah. than just the resume as yeah. well. And, you know, as I say, we don't 
We don't interview people because we want more people to talk to. Yeah. It's, it's a, this is a fact-finding exercise and we're finding out that information for you to make the most educated and, you know, informed decision that you, you yeah. can. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see potentially how somebody might go, well, you know what, I'm not going to give you so much information because you're the recruiter. You know, you go find me someone. I'm not going to do half your job yeah. for you. And, and it's not our job to – it's not our job to make up information about no, your that's business. Right. No, that's like, right. You're going to tell us what you're looking for. No. But, you know, uh, it's it's a bit like it's a bit like matchmaking in lots of ways, uh, isn't 100%, it? 100%, yeah. There's, know, so, I mean, there's, so much, yeah. there's so much parallel between recruiting and dating. Yeah. And if honestly, if people dated the way they recruit, I mean, humanity would have died out 50 years ago. Or divorce lawyers would be doing even more booming yeah, business that, yeah. than they might be. Yeah. All right. So number one, not necessarily in order of, of importance or priority or frequency, but the first one that, that you've spoken about is people looking to replace somebody who's going yeah. with exactly the same person without actually thinking about what it is the job really looks like or what they really need, what yeah. the business needs. Yeah, just just not taking that time to really have a strategic think about, yep. you know, what it is that they should be looking for. And it's yep. pro- as I say, it's probably not the most frequent mistake, but I guess it's the first in the process. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, the second is probably, I would say, just failing to meet the market Yep. on a bunch of things. I guess primarily remuneration and yep. now this whole work from home flexibility, yeah. hybrid model situation, et cetera, you know, because again, if you're working with a recruiter, they'll tell you, we talk to candidates all day. Yep. So we get a pretty good feel for what people want, whether it's money or whatever. So if you're not matching what the market is wanting, then yep. you're already at the back of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any good candidate is being that they'll, they'll be wanted by a lot of employers, a lot of potential employers, yeah. and they're essentially fighting to to look the best. You know, yeah. again, it's like dating. If you you know they're yeah. dating a bunch of people, you want to be you want to be the most attractive looking partner, yeah. so they pick you. And if you're not meeting market on salary, if you're not meeting market on other benefits, if you're not meeting market on flexibility yeah. and work from home and hybrid, you know, hybrid workplace and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're 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 just making yourself less attractive. It's interesting because going through the interviews that we've gone, we've gone through five or six interviews in the last few days, the big questions that were asked were initially about about the role and about, you know, reporting processes and, and, and you know, how the role works, et cetera. But then the other questions were around, no one asked me about money, Yep, I have to say. I, I asked them, but everybody asked me about flexible work. But the other thing they asked a lot about, mate, was... What's what's it like to work here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and and that's a great question for them to ask. They're going to yep. come and spend eight, ten hours a day yep. in your organisation. They yep. they should they should get a really clear picture yep. of what it's like to work for. You know what you like to work for, and and again, that comes back to meeting the market. What is it like to work there? Yep. Is it you know is there flexibility? Is it fun? Do people feel respected? Do they feel do yeah. they feel valued? And yep. obviously, they're asking you. So you're significantly biased in the process because you want to look as good as you can. But yeah, you've got to you've got to be providing an employee experience. Yeah. We call it employee value proposition that is competitive with everyone else out there. Because yeah. if they're asking you that question, again, they're asking, they're asking, they're everybody. asking everybody they're interviewing yeah. the same question. And, and I guess, mate, unless you're at the point where you're, you know, like an employer of choice, where you are, you know, where, you know, Nike or whoever it might be that people, Google, people really want to come yeah. and work there, Meter or whatever it might be, they really want to come and work there. Unless you've actually reached that stage, then you, you've got to prove yourself as well, haven't you? You've got to fight it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's, you know, that's probably another thing moving on from 
you know, so I wouldn't say it's a, one of the big mistakes people make, but it is something that they overlook is, you know, when we're asked that question, how do we sell? You know, yeah. what's, in it, what's in it for them? Yeah. What's in it for the, the person interviewing? Yeah. What's in it for the potential employee? Because it's a significant part of their life. It, it, it's funny, mate, because it's it's one of the things that I really focus on and I like. I mean, we've said to all the candidates, for example, we appreciate the fact that that their families lend them to us for 40 hours a week, yep. sometimes more. Yep. And so we want to make sure that we're quite family-oriented in, in, in our business. You know, we... We, we, we have dinners and family come along. We have Christmas parties and we have Santa and the, we want the kids to come along yep. and all of those sorts of things. It often amazes me that people don't see that because to me, in, in lots of ways, that's part of the fun part of, of running the business. Yeah, it, it's, I've, never, I've never heard it put quite like that, that their families lend them to, but they do, absolutely. No, they do. They're, yeah. And they're spending a significant part of their life in your organisation and I think – just from a, a, a human perspective, yeah. you, we owe it to these people. And, you know, yeah. we, we owe it to our teams to yeah. make that as enjoyable yeah. and positive and rewarding and fulfilling as it can possibly be. So I know it's a bit of a hacked in phrase, but uh, something that, you know, in these interviews that we're running, we kept using that we work hard and play hard. Yeah. So uh, we, we're very happy to work hard. We're very happy to expect everybody to work hard. But, you know, we, we know how to play hard as well and we expect them – to be able to, to for us to allow them to play hard and and to create the opportunity and the environment etc that that does that. What's another mistake you see people making? Ah, uh, what would be the third one? So not getting clear picture you want, not meeting the market. Probably I'd, I would say the third one is not looking at and then delivering a really positive candidate experience. Yeah, you know I think people think well, you know we've got to look at our employee experience. So what what happens on day one? We do yep. this, we do that. They meet Mark, takes them out for a coffee. They run around the office, they meet the team. We give them a you know a goodie bag with some branded merch on it. But the impl- the, the candidate experience started fifty steps ago. It, right. it really it started when if there's advertising put out or whatever, it starts when they start reading that ad because they're, they're already forming an opinion of what it's like to work there. Mm. And if you're and something we say to our clients a lot, if you're going to use a recruiter, us or anyone else the very first interaction we have with these people is starting to set what it's like to work for yeah, your brand. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, the, okay. and the, the interviews, how professionally, it, whether it's us or it's, you know, you directly, yep. how how professional we are in terms of setting appointments yep. for interviews. Do we make those appointments? Yeah. You know, do we make them feel comfortable? Do we interview them well? Are we considerate? Yeah. And then on and on and on as we go, are we, you know, are we flexible or do we say, no, you have to come in here on Thursday at 3 o'clock yeah. and they have to organise you know, whatever, after school hours care or something for yeah, the job. Like yeah. h- how are you How are you setting what it's like to work for Metropole, Mastermind, right back at the start of the process? Because every little every little bit counts. Every little touch point counts. It's interesting. I hadn't, I, I have to say, I hadn't thought of it like that. One of the things that, that we've sort of introduced certainly into the Metropole group is um, a much better onboarding experience. Yep. I read the book, The Power of Moments, and, and in it they talk about this situation where, you know, somebody turns up for work, and this is the typical experience, right? They turn up for work on day one. The manager that's supposed to be looking after them, well, it's actually his or her day off, and, yep. and nobody told them they were coming in, and so they just get sat at a desk, and then they get handed a manual. Or, well, look, just read through the employee handbook, and, and, and they get worried about the fact that there's 45 pages there on sexual harassment yeah. in... And then they get shown around the office and, and everybody who meets them is just annoyed because it's interrupting their day, you know. And then they meet George and they realise why there's 45 pages on sexual harassment in the workbook. 
Not, right? not George again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so you know, one of the things I've really focused on is is making it an experience when people first start. There's a gift on their desk. You know, we're really welcome. And and I always say to the other directors, you know, they were they were lining up their first few days with with you know induction training. I'm going, no, that's not what we do. Let's get them settled in. Show them where. Let's show them the really important things like where the best coffee is yep. near the office, yep. where to get a good breakfast, the fact that we, we have a little pantry in the office if they forget lunch or brekkie or things like that. You know, really get them settled in. But I hadn't thought of going back and doing that at yeah, the interview it, stage. It, it all starts it yeah. all starts so much earlier than you think it yeah. than you think it starts. And as I say, all those little touch points around, you know, if we're reaching out to someone directly, we're already the first thing we're doing is telling the Metropole story. Yeah. yeah, we're working with this client. We've worked with them for you know, X number of years. They're really good for these reasons. People yeah. think, oh, shit, this sounds really good. Yeah. This, this sounds like a really good company that these guys are representing. Yeah. And then how professionally we treat them is yeah. also a reflection on your brand because, you know, you've trusted someone to go and do your recruitment. Yeah. If the company you've trusted is doing a good job of it, well, that's also, you know, I think that also reflects very well on you as well. But Yeah. Yeah, it starts well before the you know well before day one, and and you're right. And you know, there's a difference between I think a lot some a lot of organisations think induction is training. Yes, and induction is not. Induction no. is inducting someone into your organisation. Yeah. Training because training can get pretty boring pretty quickly. Yep. Right, but your induction should be anything less than boring. Oh, it, it, to me, the induction is like inviting somebody in into your family. Yeah. You know, inviting them into your home. I mean, we often talk about the Metropole family and and. You know, that, to me, that's a big part. When somebody starts with this, it's about welcome them, you know, again, show them where the great coffee is, show them, we've introduced them to the people, but not just, you know, this is this is Caroline, but Caroline, have a chat to them, talk to them about what they do, get to know who's who in the zoo, yeah. understand, you know, how things work and why they work and get a bunch of questions out of them and really make them feel comfortable so that when they go home at the end of that, that first day… Yeah. And we often sort of make a joke when, as they're going home the first day, I always go, how was today? Yeah, I liked it. So are you coming back tomorrow? Yeah. And they go, yeah, of course I'm coming back. I mean, but that's all really all a part of the plan as well is just yeah. to let them know that, that, you know, we really, we really want them to come back the next day. Yeah, of course. I mean, you've, you've invested a heck of a lot of time and yeah. effort and energy to get them to that point. So, it, you know, when, whenever we talk to a candidate and they've, they've had their first day or their first week. Yep. If it's been positive, which thank goodness, you know, far more often than not it is, the first thing they always say is, oh, they, they were so welcoming. Yeah. They were so welcoming. Yeah. But they just want to be, like you say, they just want to be welcomed into your organisation. Yep. They don't want to be given a manual, no. stuck in a cubicle with a manual no. No. and read all the technical parts about how to do some job. For a start, they probably know how to do the job for yep. a start. So yep. you're just ramming down their throats, well, this is how we do it, so you better yep. do it this way. Yep. Show them some love. Like you say, show them around. Treat them, make them feel, oh, yeah, because they're still going. Yeah. They've signed the contract. They've done all that. They've, you know, they've, they've got all dressed up. They've come in on day one. Yeah. But there's still that sort of cognitive dissonance around, sure. oh, I made the right choice no, I'm here. not sure. Like, it, it looks good. But, Bit of buyer's oh. remorse maybe, uh, yeah, potentially. At, at the end of the first day, they're like, yeah. oh, this is great. I reckon I've made the right choice here. It, it's interesting, Dion, because one of the thing, one of the things that we used to do is when we when we hired someone – and I only found this out, but we would send them an email a few days before with all of their employment paperwork and all the things they needed to fill out. Yeah. And I had to go, no, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. They can do that when they come in. It's a stress they don't need they, at home. They don't need. Yeah. And, that, and uh, your welcome to the company is an email with 14 attachments. Yeah. Um, how about the day before they start, a phone call that says, or at worst case, a text message, yeah. just something that says, you know what? We're really excited about welcoming you into the company tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow yep. morning. Yep. 
which is now what we do. Yep. And and the paperwork can come over. The, I mean, it's okay that you've got a week or two weeks or whatever it is to fill out that tax file number and all yeah. until the next pay run. So, it, but it's just it's just boring, stressful stuff yeah. that really it's part of their job. So get them in and do it at work when they're getting paid. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, or, yeah. or an email saying, "Hey, look, here's four or five things that we think you should know about before you start." Might be yeah. parking. It might be yep. you know, obviously this. Okay, so this is who you should ask for when you get yep. here. But this yep. is parking. This is where we are. Oh, by the way, if you miss the building, you know, take the next left because it loops back. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And we'll just email you this stuff just so you got a record of it. Yeah. Just so if you need it, it's there. But otherwise, you know, we'll see it nine on Monday and we'll go through everything then. How much better would you feel if you got that than an email with a whole bunch of attachments yeah. about paperwork you got to fill out? handbook and uh, yeah. I mean it just, it all just, that just to me has such a, such a clinical feel about it. Yeah. Like I'm just another, I'm just another cog in the wheel here, yeah. just another number. Just another I'm number. I'm employee 431 and yeah. sign these documents and you've yeah. got to make it. You've got to make it a hundred times better than that. Yeah. And, and my you name, guys obviously are, which is My name amazing. on the door could be on a whiteboard because I'm just going to rub it out for yeah, the next yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we buy you the nameplate. We invest in the engraved yeah. nameplate after you pass probation. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mate, I, these are, I know these are the sort of things that you help our, our mastermind clients with. And, and I think the big thing about it is, you know, what we do is is try to help our service business owners get to the point where the business is a whole lot less reliant on them. Yeah. And an enormous part of that is getting the right people around you and and then, you know, recruiting the right people. Yeah. And having dealt with recruiters not not pissing in your pocket, the reality is there is such an enormous difference between a recruiter and an order taker. And I think the listeners have certainly heard that today. Quick recap on on the on those on those three biggest issues, mate. Yeah, number one, just take a really clear strategic look at the role. Yep and the person that was in it and get a really clear picture around who it is that you want to go to market for because whether you're going to use a recruiter, you're going to do it yourself. Yep. So, so important that you know that. Secondly, meet the market on all aspects of the role. Yep. So whether it's the remuneration. Not just money. Not just the money, but yep. definitely the money. Yep. Because, it, you know, it's hard. But yeah. if you're under market on money, you're almost completely out yeah, of the game. Yeah, you're out, out of the game. It makes so sense. Get the money right. Get the benefits right. The work from home you know, the culture, the EVP, you've got to be able to tell a great story yep. to someone about what it's going to be like to work there. And then thirdly, just just understand that every single little touch point that they have with your business yep. starts to form their opinion on what it's like to work for your organisation. Yeah, I love and, that. And just treat them, you, you know, just treat them really warmly right from the outset. Yep. Treat them professionally. Do what you say you're going to do. Be flexible. If they need a bit of, you know, if they need a little bit of flexibility, yep. just do it. They've yeah. got lives going on in the background. They, yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on like we all do. So, yeah, yeah, just just treat them well. Give them a really good experience. And, and you know, when you're inducting them, induct them like Metropole. Don't yeah. just, you know, this isn't a legislative process yeah. we're going through. This, is, a the welcome, page this is welcoming someone to our organisation. Yeah. So, you know, handle it. it accordingly. Mate, thank you. It's awesome. absolute Always pleasure. good to have a chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, these are the sort of things that we teach our clients in our Mastermind Business Accelerator program, which is designed to help service business owners and professionals in private practice to actually build a business, not just a job, right? So that you've got the right people coming in, taking on part of your role so that you can get some more time, money, freedom, and not have a business that's so reliant on you. This is Mark Creighton. Looking forward to chatting with you in the next episode of the Mastermind for Business podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, 
check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible, dot today.